Hello, I'm Michael Eisner, and welcome to the end of Epcot Month. Hey, we see it the best for the last. The West Coast Epcot Center, and I killed it for a theme park about California in California. You may think I'm the villain for making that choice, but hey, have you seen the new guy? Hey, not so bad for Mikey Eisner, huh? Besides, I've seen your superstar limo wings. I know what you like. Michael out. It's Epcot Month, starring Ryan O'Reilly, Ryan Dorman, a special appearance by Michael Eisner, the unbuilt Flying Elvi, and West Coast Figment. Welcome, explorers, to the final episode of Unbuilt Epcot Month. Today, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Dorman. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. I looked forward in the script. Never mind. I'm not doing fine. I'm not mm. doing great. Okay. Well, we should probably uh, get on to that, shall we? So mm. last week, uh, there was a, I would say, a spirited debate. <laughs> How much of that <laughs> made it into the episode? All of it. All of it oh made it into God. the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 30 minutes of like an hour of like an hour long podcast. It was a, but <laughs> devoted to the popularity of DuckTales. I, I don't, I, I'm just going to say that I don't think it was a fair vote. Oh, okay. It was a, it was right. a thing. Well, we should probably explain what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, uh, in case you happen to somehow miss it, or you haven't listened to that episode yet, uh, we talked about the DuckTales World Showcase Adventure recently being announced to finally being installed uh, at Epcot. And this led to a debate of whether or not anybody knows what DuckTales is. So I took it upon myself to, on my personal Twitter account, to reach out to people and ask them, if you asked your a fellow non-Disney fan member and friend what DuckTales is just as a concept, would they know? The uh, yes votes were at 66.7% and no was 33.3%. Your rebuttal. My rebuttal is, I like how I don't, it's not even my point. It's immediately I'm on the defensive. My rebuttal mm-hmm. is that, number one, your list of followers, if you did a random sampling on that list of followers, I guarantee you would come up with 100% of them no Disney. If they were raised by, number two, that they're all probably 30 or above, which <laughs> means that they were raised by people in the 90s, and their family members are likely the ones subjected to DuckTales when they were kids. I think all I'm going to say is that you you this was not like a random sampling this was like asking disney fans if i went to comic con and i asked everyone who is professor xavier everyone would know right of course they would but if i went into the random public they'd say i have no clue who that is what is professor xavier mm-hmm. oh Go look on. you know, I, I see now you're just gonna keep reporting back to that you won the poll look i think <laughs> that i think that the second poll is far more important and damning mm-hmm. to to the point i was making Okay, let's go on to the second poll. (laughs) (laughs) The second poll. Have you personally seen more than six episodes of DuckTales 2017? Now, notice I said 2017. I didn't ask about the 1987 one. It says yes was 42.5% and no, 57.5%. So so no one's ever seen it. (laughs) Except for uh, at least like 19 people in this poll. 
I guarantee you pulled everyone who's ever seen the series. Okay. 19 people. 19, <laughs> 19 I, There people. were 19 people watching, yes. And the third poll, which we somehow got into because there were the thing that started, the kick started, this whole interactive Epcot thing, which is basically like, oh, our kids have nothing to do at World Showcase while the parents drink. Uh, we should get something in there. Let's put this interactive thing with cell phones in there uh, called Kim Possible... World Showcase Adventure. World Adventure, yeah. Yeah, something like that, that, yeah. Uh, Do you think Kim Possible or DuckTales, the franchise, is more popular? What do you think, Wine? They're wrong. They are. That one is wrong. They are all in there. I have two things to say. Number one, that's that third poll. uh, (laughs) Whoever's working at Zencaster right now, if you can remove, you can remove (laughs) abilities mid podcast. (laughs) It's just going to pop up like every 30 seconds. Okay. To be clear, to be clear about <laughs> about Kim Possible, all right? I don't agree with this. I think everybody who answered this is wrong. I, I am willing to just go completely out on a limb and say that if you ask about DuckTales and you strictly limit to Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Donald, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. What about Scrooge? I think that that's where you begin to have like a bit of a stretch, but sure, maybe even then they know who Scrooge McDuck is. Okay. I think a lot of that's going to come from the Christmas Carol, but still fine. <laughs> but if you like talk about DuckTales, the property, and you ask about anything finer than the three main characters, like, at, it, like for example, SpongeBob is popular, right? But because mm-hmm. people will say, I know SpongeBob, I know Patrick, but I think a decent size of people will know what the Krusty Krab is. I will give you a million dollars if more than 20 people, if you ask a group, a sampling of even a thousand, know what a Beagle Boy is. <laughs> no one knows what these things are. But it does, does that hinder their possible enjoyment of an interactive thing at Epcot for children? Well, I do when I think I think that the problem is that Kim Possible is a thing that is independent. It's been like that for years. It's never changed. DuckTales, perhaps they do know DuckTales, but they're going to look at it just like people look at the new Mickey Mouse cartoons and go, that's not the DuckTales I know. That's not Donald Duck. That's not you. They have edges. (laughs) They have sharp edges. You know what they're only caring about? You know what they're only caring about? Mm -hmm. What? That their kids are going to shut up? No. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I have to I have to be honest too. I have to be honest. And I don't want to say it's your fault, but I was contacted by a Disney representative who told me to really build up promotion for Kim Possible because there'd be a big Kim Possible room in the play pavilion. Oh no. <laughs> and Good it was news. Your, your buddy your buddy Tom Corliss is reporting just today that that has been canceled during a global but, retreat. Well, I, I didn't want to announce it now, but it was your polls, Ryan, that shut down the paper volume because we really went forward on this whole Kim Possible move. See, don't worry. Uh, the play pavilion <laughs> I hear from my uh, sources is being revamped. And you know what the theme is? Uh, health and body. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everyone can go inside and say, I don't know what that is. Actually, I think DuckTales was in the original concept art. Yes, it was. Actually, yeah. uh, the 2017 DuckTales, there was going to be a little interactive exhibit where you did a water balloon flight fight that's with right. uh, Huey, yeah. Dewey, and Louie. Yeah. I, I really like that Josh Tomorrow guy. <laughs> he seems... Hey, maybe, maybe he's like, you know what? These funds will be better allocated towards uh, Spaceship Earth. Not just. Oh, oh, I bet. Yeah, that's right. yeah no yeah. way. No way. No way. No. It'll be better allocated to, um, you know, to all that new stuff that's coming to Epcot. 
like that little uh the little uh the little uh concert venue on the corner of communicore yeah spaceship earth ducktales adventure i could see that i would rather it be ducktales than kim possible i'll tell you that (laughs) if we (laughs) i'm never gonna get tired of that i like how people have come to this episode they've seen the title of the episode and we're (laughs) like 10 minutes in and it's like uh let's talk about ducktales yeah just know everyone is thinking i don't know what ducktale what is (laughs) ducktale they know westcott but they don't know (laughs) i believe that I'm certain of that. Disney, <laughs> Disney fans of this ilk are just getting older and older and older, and they're not getting any younger. It's just like, uh, you know, the younger Disney fans, they'll watch Defunclan for his Charles Entertainment cheese. <laughs> and, and all young Disney fans know is Purple Wall. Purple Wall. Purple Wall. And, um, <laughs> Purple Wall and Figment Popcorn Bucket. Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't even think of anything else, honestly. It's, the, <laughs> it's a dire... It's a dire state right now. <laughs> okay. Well, we should probably move on <laughs> because we've got a big, big meaty topic to talk about. Uh, one that is so – it's so massive that I really like pushed away a lot of the finer details of mm. just the whole ambitious project of it that was so definitely changed by the time it you know got refined and made into what it is today uh so i do apologize if we're not going to talk about like the full extent of everything but uh i really wanted to focus more on the theme park because the thing this is epcot month this is not the uh magic kingdom hotel revamped disneyland resort hotel uh Mm. that just weirdly enough looks like what universal is going to build at epic universe hotel whatever it is not that month it's epcot month so we want to talk about westcott uh so are you ready to get into the main topic absolutely all right let's go we are for westcott westcott of course is not an acronym it does not stand for the uh wayward east i can't i can't think of like a good like improv it's like uh (laughs) uh what east states i can't yeah i can't do i can't do it like i'm trying to like think of something clever but yeah, it's that's not what happened. That's how the board meetings went. Is they, yeah. just, they would sit there in silence. They'd all look up at the ceiling and say, mm-hmm. Winter, Esplanade. Yeah. And they go, no. And they close it. <laughs> what each somebody. This is like a bit. Yeah, this whole episode yeah. is like a bit. We're never actually going to get to Westcott. I know. Today, yeah. So. It's, it's like. <laughs> The one everyone wants is it's going to be like, let's we can talk for 40 minutes about it. <laughs> it's like, when are they going to ever get to it? I mean, all I keep hearing is. They know the what Duckburg is just by the, by the song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but let's actually talk about Westcott. So talking about it is a bit like a puzzle. 
uh, one that's 3,000 pieces and several of the pieces just don't seem to match. Uh, a truly ambitious project for the Disneyland Resort, one that rivals our many of our past episodes of Pure Scope that went through so many iterations with attractions tossed in and out, new and old concepts, but one thing remained certain. It was the West Coast answer to Epcot, and it was never realized. You can see some concept art right there in the show notes. Ooh. Very cool. Yeah, I know. So pretty. So pretty. In the 1990s, Michael Eisner heralded the start of the so-called Disney decade. Many projects were to inc- be included with this plan, with the crown jewel Euro Disneyland wall on the way. Ideas for the West Coast at the time included Hollywood Land, and un- young Indiana Jones stunt show, and possibly a ride as well, as well as Muppet Vision 3D. Uh, various things caused these plans to go off the rails, including both Jim Henson's death and the Orange County Republicans disliking the idea of replacing Mr. Lincoln. Around the same time, Eisner asked Imagineers to think bigger and wanted Disneyland to turn from a regional theme park into a destination resort. Thus, enter the Disneyland Resort, as we know today. Uh, in 1991... Disney introduced the plans to the city of Anaheim in the form of Westcott Center as the second California park. This ambitious plan also included a revamped Disneyland hotel with a new front-facing marina entertainment complex, the 5,000-seat amphitheater next to Harbor Boulevard called the Disneyland Bowl, which would feature Space Mountain overlooking concerts, a bevy of parking garages, including one on the spot where the current Toy Story lot stands, extended monorail lines, people movers from said garages two brand new hotels among just a few new exciting ideas westcott as you may have gathered would be built on the site of the disneyland parking lot the project would have been largely the same size as disney california venture but at full build out Guests would enter in from the side, with the ticket booths facing Harbor Boulevard and the entrance allowing guests to go to the right or left. On the right was a familiar Disneyland, on the left was the far more futuristic Westcott. After coming through the turnstiles, the guests would cross a massive bridge in the middle of a lagoon towards an island in the middle. And once again, you can see that model right there. That kind of shows you the idea of what we're going for here. And there's the like you can see the Disneyland bull right there. It's such mm. a bizarre concept. <laughs> uh, and some concept art there of what the uh, theme park would have looked like. The new monorail path would slide around this island very similar to Epcot on the East Coast. In the center of the island was Space Station Earth, somewhat similar to Spaceship Earth, but with a gold hue and an even more massive transparent metal shield expanding the breadth of the structure to a towering 300 feet. Can you imagine Spaceship Earth at 300 feet? How big is the current one? 180. Oh, wow. Look at that. Double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. refurbing that one. <laughs> Guests could choose in this island to enter Space Station Earth for a very familiar ride or descend into the Venture Port. Here, guests could enjoy what is essentially future worlds separating the three slices. Wonders of living, wonders of nature, and wonders of science. Wonders of living includes three attractions. Cranium Command, West Coast version. The Making of Me, West Coast version. And the West Coast variation of Journey into Imagination. 
The latter would include new unused ideas to provide a new spin on the classic. Wonders of Nature would feature two levels with the different environments guests could walk through, very similar to the original concept of the land pavilion combined with, of course, a large aquarium. Wonders of Science would feature a ride called Cosmic Journeys, a 3D simulator attraction based on the powers of 10, which would have likely broken people's minds. Are you aware of what the powers of 10 is? No, I've never heard of that. Okay, The Powers of Ten is pretty much a thought experiment uh, where we combine just how infinitesimally small we are by comparing ourselves to how small the Earth is against the sun. And then how small the sun is combined to a different sun and a different galaxy and that sun to a different sun and that to a galaxy and that to a nebula. Yeah. And it keeps going Isn't like that, that similar to the uh, the space attraction we talked about? Somewhat, but that was more about deep space and was less about the powers right. of 10. Yeah, this would be like you'd start small and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Also would be a ton of interactive activities about future jobs children may have someday. Learn to become a social media influencer. You can become yeah. a podcaster, kids. Yeah, all right. Make like a cent for every ad read you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you can see some of that concept art right there. Mm. Uh, of what they wanted like the entrance to cosmic journeys to look like too uh <laughs> you can see this right oh, here wow. west yeah westcott teams appreciation celebration be our special guest on tuesday october 13th 1992 uh at 4 p.m to 6 p.m at the figment cafe hmm. other cosmic- reports <laughs> what i was gonna say the cosmic journeys looks like a uh, planet hollywood a little bit there it looks oh like- yeah it kind of does <laughs> Uh, other reports state that horizons would have been cloned and even body wars and even further conflicting reports state that the pavilions were scattered about the park again it's uncertain on how these massive attractions would have fit all into the island but it's possible they may have had underground tunnels leading to outside show buildings again i I just cannot wrap my head around how this all worked because Mm -hmm. journey to imagination horizons these are like massive attractions with these massive show buildings and i'm just like how does this all fit i just don't get right. it yeah okay outside of Ventureport, guests could take bridges or just walk from the entrance to what was called the four corners of the world so if you imagine future world is all on this island in the middle of this lagoon and world showcase essentially surrounds this lagoon in a cul-de-sac very similar of course to world showcase itself uh combined with the future pavilions this would all entails the seven wonders of westcott so you had the wonders of living the wonders of nature the wonders of science and then the four corners of the world the four corners of the world instead of representing singular countries instead sought to represent larger geographical locations with large oversized landmarks and you can see the concept over kind of how that hodgepodge would have looked the areas would have looked uh, would have included the new world the old world, the world of Asia, and the world of Egypt. In, well, actually, not the world of Egypt. Uh, sometimes it was called the world of Africa, and sometimes it was called the world of Egypt. Uh, in in the new world, guests could visit America, Canada, and Mexico. In America, guests would walk along Colonial Street, similar to Liberty Square, and see an updated version of the American adventure. In Canada, guests could view a show that was similar to the Spirit Lodge show from a recent Vancouver Expo, which combined as Pepper's ghost effect with a live actor. This would eventually wind up at Knott's Berry Farm called Mystery Lodge, which I'm sure you do not know what it is. 
right? We talked about it once or we twice. We talked actually. about it. We talked yeah. about it where it's a like a Native American storyteller, right? And he's uh, behind a pane of glass that would have these like conjured visions up that would mm. be in the form of these, you know, Pepper's ghost effects that would combine. And it's very neat. Um, fortunately, it's been closed for years now at knots mm. and we have no idea if it'll ever come back tier tier uh in mexico guests would enter an aztec temple into an indoor fiesta filled with tons of rides for children as well as a dark ride of course there will be a restaurant in the space similar to mexico pavilion from epcot and some more concept art right there you could see you know how these small little lands would have looked as you walk among it uh, and then there's just this giant hodgepodge of very similar things you might recognize from prior shows. Yeah, it's like a nice collection of all of our shows here. So. I know, right? <laughs> Next was the Old World, featuring a European flavor along with the Eiffel Tower and St. Basil's Cathedral as a landmark. Inside, guests could see a presentation of the Timekeeper, ride some children's rides at a small recreation of Tivoli Gardens, or enter a Greek amphitheater. The amount of small kids' rides is done to help with balancing the culture, eating and drinking, with something appealing to kids, which is often cited as a detriment to World Showcase, which is a good idea because, you know, if if you don't do that, you might wind up having to do something else like, oh, I don't know, what, what mm. is no one's even going to use their cell phones. Who's going on their cell phones on anything but Twitter and TikTok? Nothing <laughs> you can put in the park as like an imaginary creation is going to beat out the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And Disney can't even do TikTok. They look stupid on there. Yeah. You're, you're, you're blowing me up in the middle of this. I'm, li- I'm trying <laughs> to listen to a lecture on Westcott here. I, I, <laughs> I'm listening to, to Professor O'Reilly talk about Westcott, and now you have me all angry about DuckTales. No one's going to well, use it. It's, it is interesting that there's going to be a bunch of little flat rides throughout this whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I guess the Trevoli Gardens is, of course, right, pretty close to the inspiration of, of Disneyland. Disneyland, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising that they would try to throw a bunch of little flat rides. Surprisingly, I mean, of course, we'll talk more about this, but uh, so far, you haven't really discussed too many you know, big attractions, like things that might have um like kept everything even it seems like the experience of the countries is the big carrying factor here mm-hmm. uh, right which is interesting so far but one yeah, so reported far. idea was thrown in was the taking the bullet train simulator concept from japan's epcot pavilion and making it based upon europe so just taking that idea so there you go that's a big attraction okay yeah, standing uh, Mm-hmm. The world of Asia had guests entering a land with Chinese, Japanese, and Indian landmarks, such as the Taj Mahal and, once again, the Temple of Heaven, which is, you know, of course, at the China Pavilion. Also, uh, that castle from the Japan Pavilion that I cannot think of right now, uh-huh. but that's like the basis of that one. Hmm. Uh, a roller coaster called Ride the Dragon will be a thrilling ride around the faux Great Wall of China where guests rode most of the attraction in darkness as silk sleeves would cover the ride vehicles so it appears as a festive dragon. This is actually a a very similar thing to some like wacky worms where they have a little uh, sleeve go over the coaster car. Hmm. Interesting. Right. And this would be to minimize the noise impacts uh, due to the fact that uh, each place, each part of this world showcase had a hotel. 
<laughs> so each of the pavilions had a hotel on the tops of the facades where you could go and stay the night in Epcot or well, West. Why, why, why would the silk sleeves do, or why would these sleeves do anything to eliminate noise? I mean, it would do a little bit, but this is a roller coaster. It would, it would eliminate the screams. Oh, so you can always get incredibly so, hot, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, not not that bad. And so, if it's if it's big enough to have uh, noise canceling, though, like if it's thick enough to noise cancel screams, mm-hmm. it would be pretty heavy duty. Like that would be pretty tough. Also, wouldn't the roller coaster make enough noise at that you point? Can, like regardless can, of the scream. Okay, so what you do is to eliminate noise. Uh-huh. Uh, in particular, uh, Bolliger and Malbiard have patented in this technique where you pour sand into the supports. The sand oh. soaks up the reverberations and uh, kills a lot of the noise that these coasters make. So that that's kind of like a noise-canceling technique for the coaster itself. So it doesn't produce that roar right. of other coasters. But then it's and not really a dragon, though, is it? What do you if mean it's, it's not, not a dragon? It's not going to have like a loud noise. I mean, the the roar oh, is appropriate. The whole idea is to be like one of those festive dragons that they do in the parades. Mm. It's more like a sight thing, you know. And uh, but like I said, like every single pavilion, you will be able to go into the uh, into the facades. And on the upper floor, you can stay for the night and overlook the pavilions. Mm. That's a cool idea, right? Yeah, so it would be similar to, I guess, the whole area, right? It would be similar to the way that boardwalk is handled, where, I mean, obviously there's no attractions there. but Well, it would be similar to the Grand Californian. Would you have access to Epcot, like, after hours? Like a shopping thing? Look, Westcott, no, I don't think think you'd be able to go into the park, but you'd be able to look into the park. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. but then so, <laughs> imagine you buy a, a hotel ticket or hotel to like Japan Pavilion, but you don't buy a park ticket. Is it the well, same no, with how? That's not the same thing. No, it's like you just you buy a ticket to go into the back of the Japan Pavilion and go into your hotel room, but you don't you get into the Japan, Japan Pavilion without you going enter here. a special entrance with a park ticket. No, I know, but let's say okay, I'm saying that like let's say you don't have a park ticket. I'm guessing okay. you get in through the back of like the building. Yeah. So remember that Westcott, the way it is, is like um, the world showcases on like all uh, on the like the borders of the park. Right. So there's parking outside of all of those then. Correct. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. This Mm -hmm. is a big, big plan. Yeah. Massive plan. Uh, Also included in the world of Asia was a carousel with mythic Asian animals and a ton of ethnic restaurants. Next was the world of Africa. Pyramids would tower above as guests could take a white water rafting ride down the Congo Bizi River, see some African drummers, and even yet again overlook a swimming hole from a treehouse. Good ideas that never die. But this would go into the Middle East. And Tony Baxter did a large talk about Westcott. And um, mm-hmm. I want to let Tony Baxter explain this. So from his words, there was a concept for Africa and the Middle East that we're kind of sorry we didn't get to do. Michael Eisner is always trying to stretch everybody to do things that are very difficult. One of the shows we had in here was the great religions of the world. He said, I want you to do a show that everyone would enjoy and would find perfectly in concert with their perfect religion. 
he laughs. Uh, so we had settled on depicting the seven days of creation and avoiding all the problems between the Muslim and Jewish and Christian versions of that. How? Uh, and we were getting very excited because we were starting to deal with the seven of the great artists of the world and trying to have them depict each of the single days they had been given. Maybe that will happen later. No, it won't. Uh, the three religions would be a little Olive Garden piece, and you would step into the pre-show and go into the main area. Yeah. Mm, well, you know. It, <laughs> look, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but that's all I say about that. Yeah, that's I just, just like, I was just like, hmm. Remember when we were talking about the Israel Pavilion a few weeks ago? <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my mind, Ryan. It was I was like, ah, it's just they just have this in real intention on Epcot to make everything to like overdo it, maybe on like the sanitization yeah. of, I mean, of my the God. world. They're, they they were like, let's put the making of me also in here. It's like, why? Why are why are you stepping into this again? The Orange County Republicans are going to be so mad when you do this. What? I wonder who Sex. those seven seven Orange great County. artists are. I, I'm not sure. Uh, Michelangelo, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, okay. I thought. No, no, no. It says we were starting to deal with the seven, seven, with seven great, artists. great artists. So, so the, presumably it was a contemporary artist. Maybe yeah? contemporary. Were, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Each of them were going to depict the, the nice, single days they've been given. Yeah, unless the 1990s. Were, Thomas right, Kincaid. Uh, yeah, that's. Holly <laughs> <laughs> <Ollie> Shore. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I think. it's an interesting idea you know there is like something vaguely interesting about like religion is of course like a necessary part of the history but Mm -hmm. i I think that eisner um trying to do a i mean this is the same person who wanted yeah he wanted to do the like the uh at the boardwalk he wanted to in the middle of the lagoon there have a show Created by Andrew Lloyd Webber based on Noah's Ark. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard, I always heard about that like years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what his thoughts are, why, why, what he was thinking about that. He's not un, he has this like weird belief in like, all right, if I have to make like my proposition here, and people like to hear about Eisner, so maybe they won't be mad that I'm going on a ramble, but mm-hmm. he has this whole thing about like people coming together and like things yeah. coming together. Like that's mm-hmm. the Disney thing. And it makes sense yeah. when you start with Disney. And then he goes like a little bit off the rocker with that one Fantasia 2000 bit where all the princesses are having babies. You know the one? <laughs> well, well, then he changed it into uh, a Donald Duck on the Noah's Ark. Remember that? No, wait, what is that? Is that from Fantasia 2000, 2000 well? Yeah, Donald oh Duck is on Noah's Ark. That's a legit thing, and it's set to pomp and circumstance. Is it in the movie currently? It's it's in the movie. You could never. Watch I it. didn't watch that. You I didn't watch Fantasia I mean, 2000. Yeah, Fantasia 2000. Yeah, I mean, I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it, but yeah. I know. I mean, I just remember reading about all of like the princesses. Right. I mean, to be wedding. honest, to be honest, like it was pomp and circumstance. But you know what? The uh, what the song should have been. For the Donald Duck DuckTales, I swear to you. If you play DuckTales, I swear to you. Disney should like announce like a DuckTales reboot and say nothing about it. And then when it like comes on, it's just Veggie Tales, and they're just all redoing. We just meant Tales by Ducks. <laughs> we're, just, we're just doing. We're just doing biblical stories. No, I, I think that you know Eisner. Um, with the with the the pomp and circumstance. I mean, that was like. Didn't he go to like his kid's graduation? And he heard Pomp and Circumstance, and he's like, that's I a think fantastic so. yeah. song. I think so, um, yes. <laughs> right. So so I can see like how in the religion sense, 
maybe he just thinks it's like financially successful to target people where their money is and that's like religion so we're all together we're all like in unity but you can go like a little too far <laughs> um and i think this is one of those cases where it's like you'd come out the other end and maybe it would be like beautiful and fantastic but there's a distinction between like we're all unified in progress progress and we all have like the same religion and Mm-hmm. boiling like the world down together anyways disney should do this but it should be like a bunch of different characters representing each religion mm-hmm. um and like make it really offensive yeah <laughs> okay anyways everything would be tied together <laughs> in a massive boat ride called world cruise or the river of time once again let's let tony baxter explain it's the longest ride we've ever done. It's 45 minutes long as five <laughs> stops. And in between, there's like a nine minute stretches of ride. So that's about as long as a jungle cruise currently is. You'll be touring all the outdoor sites of the four corners of the world, as well going to show boxes where we'll tell the stories about the different areas you're coming to or leaving. For instance, if you were leaving Asia and going to Europe, you would go into a space and very much like Spaceship Earth, you would see the forming of ancient Greece and Rome and burning of Rome and then the resurgence and the Renaissance. After Michelangelo depaints the Sistine Chapel as he does in Spaceship Earth, we would emerge out of that and be in the Renaissance Italy. And you're invited to step out of that and experience all the entertainment shops and restaurants one of the things that we found out when he analyzed epcot is that many of the elements are out of context for instance the sistine chapels in spaceship earth the mona lisa is being painted in the world of motion but the italian and german pavilions are way out on the other side of the park so we try to index that uh all, all that so on world cruise you get all those story points that encompass the dawn of earth's history up through modern times and then through five key points you'll be invited to step out if you wish to continue on with the story they all have to be designed as nine minute shows because you have no guarantee where you're going to get on so each story is complete and sets up the next next stage mm-hmm. so kind of like the disneyland railroad but on a boat and writ large and and I guess well I suppose yeah Disneyland Railroad you can get off too right you don't have to take the whole thing through yeah that's smart that's an interesting idea yeah just imagine a forty five minute long boat ride I guess if you stayed on the whole thing but how long is the Disneyland Railroad currently like twenty twenty five minutes oh god to get around the whole park oh forty minutes forty yeah I was gonna say so it's not too yeah. different it's really not too yeah. different I guess the difference would be is that you have these show shows yeah. yeah I guess if if it was it would be similar to if you had the uh, the primeval world um, part extend like more of those pieces of the Disneyland Railroad mm-hmm. uh, instead of just passing through the area, then you would actually have some kind of a, a very active yeah. part of uh, entertainment. So that's Westcott, kind of, sort of. Uh, we have to go in now to why it wasn't built, and this will explain kind of the evolution of the project. Uh, when proposed in 1991, the project ran immediately up to oppositions by the residents of Anaheim. Many businesses would be evicted for the parking garages and extra hotels, and many were concerned that the 300-foot space station Earth would be an eyesore. The Imagineers in 1993 sought to fix this issue by changing the west layout of Westcott, removing space station Earth and the island, instead situating future world at the back of the park flanked by a 150 foot spire and so you could see that concept art now where this is just giant uh it kind of looks a bit like uh cosmic rewind right now it does look like cosmic rewind yeah, yeah. and it's this giant massive show building the world cruise and the four corners ideas would remain intact for now and you can see the revised layout to where they've kind of inverted the park a bit 
and that now World Showcase, uh, sorry, uh, the Future World is at the back of the park, and everything else is kind of tethered around it, and there's a central lagoon now right there. So that kind of like changes that sort of idea and layout. Uh, the Anaheim residents, however, were still not satisfied. Per theme park tourists, a local action community of concerned citizens, Anaheim homeowners for maintaining the environment, or home, very catchy, arose, picketing the park, passing out anti-West Coast leaflets, flooding city council meetings, and fighting back against the park. Home took issue with Disney's longstanding president of offering free tickets to employees of Anaheim's mayor's office, raising the issue of its bribery. Locals balked at the idea of increased traffic clogging the region's streets and Disney's promise of building gargantuan gas-guzzling parking garages and direct highway ramps to the resort that would raise over their backyards and only worsen their tastes. To make matters worse, Disney turned around and lobbied for $400 million of public funds to bring those garages and infrastructure improvements to life, inciting significant pushback. <laughs> so it's funny because a lot of this eventually gets done anyways, but for some reason, mm. they really, really hated the idea of Westcott itself. It's fascinating. It's like, yeah, it's like, come on, yeah. guys, you're just making your future worse. The replacement is they get a shitty theme park and all of the problems they didn't want. It's, it's right. Like, you know, you you lose something much bigger. I mean, Disneyland, Anaheim has essentially just become around Disneyland a, a hell nightmare um, mm-hmm. just because of how busy uh, yeah. the area gets. So, mm-hmm. at the same time, Euro Disneyland was tanking and squeezing money out of the Walt Disney Company, and the project had ballooned in size to cost three billion dollars just for Westcott alone. Despite Disney trying to pressure Anaheim by threatening to build a second park in Long Beach, more on that another day, Eisner still kiboshed the project, stating, we're at a crossroads. We had a very big investment in Europe. Should I do like the Eisner accent? We're at a crossroads. We had a very big investment. I can't. It doesn't sound like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't do it right now on a whim. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. <laughs> uh, we had a very big investment in Europe, and it's difficult to deal with. This is an equally big investment. I don't know whether a private company can ever spend this kind of money. Yes, you can. I don't even know if there's going to be a Westcott. Eisner, that same year, had the Imagineers take a retreat in Aspen, where they came up with an idea for Disney's California Adventure, again, a theme park that celebrated California in California. The price tag was much smaller, $600 million. And similar to Westcott, it featured a 150-foot golden spire, which was eventually removed for a glorified hubcap. And you can see the original concept that hmm, Disney's California which is much better right it's, at least it's better oh well yeah <laughs> Disney's California Adventure opened on February 8th 2001 and was immediately recognized as a failure in 2007 new CEO Bob Iger announced a billion dollar revamp of the property still DCA is now just now utilizing the full extent of its property with an announced Avengers Campus expansion but there are still plenty of empty spots <laughs> Hollywood uh, which surely Westcott would have had zero up so now we have to talk about the what if and this is the what if like when i was thinking of this podcast like the early ideas i was so interested so so interested in the what if westcott was built because epcot of course 
suffered from the 90s, I think it it suffered mostly because of all those promises that the sponsors made from those contracts and has to be constantly updated. But, you know, when the Imagineers were making these elaborate, amazing dark rides, they also kind of didn't think about how timeless they would remain and just how elaborate they are. And to replace it would be a costly endeavor. And that kind of mixes in with the fall of corporate of corporatization in the 90s and we get shittier attractions but uh what if westcott was built and opened in the mid to late 90s what if exhibits have changed and what ips would have been shoehorned in uh i give you the floor <laughs> i i like i was ready to be serious and then you said what ips and then give me the floor it's like i've been presumed to be the ip guy now um yes. well if Epcot, or excuse me, if Westcott had been built per the original plans, so pre the shift in space, space, space station Earth, there we go. Pre that shift. Yeah, you know, the one thing um, my mind keeps going to when I look at this, and it's how the project was introduced to me from like a very young age, is that Westcott was more Disney, more what Disney C would be, and less what Epcot is. It has Epcot rides, right? But the the intricacy of it all, and like the high in, uh, the high design development of it all, and the way that it blended um, high detailed areas and hotels and uh, very expensive pieces of thematic design reminds me a lot of Disney Sea. Now Disney Sea hasn't seen very many changes uh, over the past many many years. Mm-hmm. It's seen additions, right? But with regard to how it looks and how it seems generally, it's pretty similar to where it started. And that's all to say that looking at this here, I I want to say, and I know I'd probably have to eat my tongue in real life, but I want to say that it would be incredibly difficult to change Westcott once it was put down. Mm-hmm. Beca- because it's built, everything's built basically on top of each other. Like you're saying, to get all of those dark rides in there, you need to really prioritize space and maximize space and really engineer out how much stuff you can put in with the way that the world showcase or the, the, you know, the, the around the world area is being built because Mm -hmm. of how close everything is together. It would be really hard to replace things because everything is kind of built on top of each other, especially if you have those little show boxes. If we're talking about like IP, they can probably fit in there. They could redo it. But I do think that um, this park would stay pretty flat, similar for many, many years. I don't think you would see the massive change in tone and theming that Epcot Center has seen on the East Coast. You know, Epcot Center has changed not only in in attractions, but in concept. I, I don't think you could do that with Westcott. It would be very stagnant and still, uh, similar hmm. to Disneyland. Hmm. Interesting. I think you're half right. Okay. So there is, yeah, I think that the venture port, which I still can't wrap my head around. I don't know how Mm -hmm. this, the venture port works, how, how you fit those massive attractions like journey into imagination. Some people are like, Oh, a full recreation of horizons. I'm like, really in 1992, like wasn't horizons outdated in 1984. Like Mm. I, I love horizons, but it's still dated. Uh, <laughs> no, even looking at that concept art, I don't. I mean, if you look at the concept art that we talked about earlier in the piece, like the very, very beginning, um, or even like the more defined kind of design, uh, the one with the numbers on it. it. Yeah, you can kind of see it, but the the really the one that everybody knows with the golden spaceship Earth in the center with the bigger port. I, I have no clue how you fit anything on that middle island. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't. True. It just doesn't seem. It doesn't seem possible unless you go underground. Mm-hmm. You know, un- unless you're going underground. But it, it, you know, it, it, the center area. If that's future world, it's so small. Right. Maybe they had a better idea than I do. Of course, they're building it, but just yeah, I don't know how you do it. <sighs> I. I- I can't wrap my head around it. I, I think the yeah. whole idea of when they shifted it to the back of the park, like, okay, I was like, okay, I get it now. I get it now. I mm-hmm. see how this makes sense, but otherwise I can't. But um, like the thing is, is that I don't see if they put like translations of cranium command and that's not going to be here in 2022. No. Yeah, they uh, should. I mean, that was probably like a budget thing, right? Of course, because. Well, yeah, because they want to clone attractions and that's like the easiest thing to do. Yeah, like a really lot of this is so there's like a you know American Adventure, but it's an updated version. But still, using the bones of that Timekeeper, using the bones of that, uh, you have Journey into Imagination using the bones of that. So it's kind of like right. making you know cutting corners where you can. Uh, but I don't know if like any of this would remain. I mean, it's kind of like Epcot has always been destined to change, much to the detriment of the purists. I guess. And it's a detriment of the park, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like remaking a movie with Epcot. I and mean, you did it. You got me. You, you said the word purist. And I, I like have to, it's like my ears ringing. It's, it's like remaking a movie. You know, you make, uh, you make the first one. Right. And everybody felt it's honestly look to star Wars. You look at Lucas's first star Wars and it's new and it's fresh and it's original. And people came in with fantastic ideas. And, um, you know, as they develop the original trilogy, there's people people like it people don't like it whatever but the the next two trilogies of star wars are incredibly useful when talking about things like epcot because there's there's two paths to take it right you can either kind of ignore what made people like it which is how you get the prequels or you can go so far into pandering that you completely mistake why any of it was made in the first place like you can't make anything fresh if you're always remaking what was there before um Hmm. And that's like the death of Epcot in its current state is the inability a to understand what was so good about the original and, and B uh, the inability to stay true to what people expect. So when, when you look at Westcott and I, I suppose I really like, maybe this is what I want to ask you. Is there any room to like changing Westcott in any significant way, significant way, like in the way that they're seeking to change Epcot center and in the way that they've changed Hollywood studios? No, and in the way they've changed DCA, right? It huh. seems like Westcott's kind of stuck. Well, no, no. I mean, uh, what the what the world showcase stuff? The four corners of the world, maybe. What are you going to do to Ventureport? You know, Ventureport is this tiny area with all these packed in dark rides. I guess you could replace dark rides, right? But spaceship, space station Earth. Let's say that's built. And again, okay. this is looking at the first case. That is like there forever. And those well, that's the thing. Are there Rem- remember that. We're still dealing with the same thing on the East Coast. That's true. Yeah. Maybe, but not to the same extent, because Future World is so spread out and so big. You know, I, I guess, for example, right? There's no if you wanted to modernize Future World or that future area there, um, there's no way to put a Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind in there. Yeah. Okay, I know exactly what you're saying. Yes, that's correct. You're but stuck remember, with all our dark rides. Remember that. Okay. Remember that. Uh, the World Showcase sort of solves the problems that you're talking about. Why? Mm. Okay. Why does Cosmic Rewind exist? Think about that. It exists to solve two problems. Okay. Mm. Number one, Epcot needs more thrill rides. Number two, Epcot right. needs more IP. So 
you already have number one taken care of because World Showcase has all these attractions baked in already. Mm. So you're kind of solving that problem. And for the IP, again, I look at stuff like like a Cranium Command or the Making of Me. These are very simpler show theaters. Very easy to swamp in and out. I guess Journey into Imagination. I mean, you have Figment, which is a character, basically an IP already. You would just take a beloved character and you'd be transplanting it to the east, to the west coast and then you have something like cosmic journeys which seemed to be like a film another show theater and then you had easy things like the nature world of nature but there's no food rocks there's no kitchen cabaret right. there's there's you can easily slap ip on it i hate to say this but zootopia again slap it slap zootopia on it. you know world of nature's presented by zootopia judy hops appears in like a little pepper's ghost effect or something like that. Jesus. I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, and then like the wonders of living could be swapped out for another idea. It's, it's all malleable, but you don't need, you don't need the thrill rides because they already exist in the, mm. in the countries already. You don't need that right. stuff. So that's not as big of a worry. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. I mean, I guess the ground is there if you really wanted to do it. Maybe, maybe I'm coming at it from a bit too much of a. I'm coming at it from a different way. A different way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 I think I agree with you. Like pragmatically, you could do it. I think I'm trying <laughs> to ask a different question, and I'm thinking <laughs> in my head exactly what it is. If you built everything here, it all works together in such harmony that if you did change something, you could do oh, it. That, mm-hmm. I think would irreparably damage it. Uh, in a way that you would only see in Tokyo Disney City, <laughs> right? you know what I mean? Like it's such a cohesive themed project that by changing even one thing, I think it would be cataclysmic, at least in an artistic sense. Okay, you know, I, pe- I, I have to ask here: what What do you mean by that? So I, I suppose what I mean is is while Epcot Center has every that every area has like a distinct artistic direction, they're they're mm-hmm. very bendable. There's a lot of free room there. Um, I suppose you can bend uh, something like energy towards Marvel or something like that. You could do it. I think you can do it because a lot of those are very detached. But once you put everything on a little tiny island, Mm -hmm. I think that the theming is dependent on how they exist completely next to each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a significant difficulty if you change Cranium Command, let's say, into, I don't care, pick an IP. Pick an IP. Big Hero 6. Oh, right. Uh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I know. Into <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> the mind of Scrooge that. McDuck. <laughs> There's going to be a notes pad, notepad thing on my Twitter tomorrow. I'm stepping away from the Unbuild podcast. I feel like <laughs> I've seen nothing but disrespect from my, <laughs> my co-host. Um, no, I, I think that, I mean, I suppose this is just coming at it. And again, strictly from the art perspective, because you can do it, right? It's not going to end the park. Mm-hmm. But in Tokyo Disney Sea. Uh, I think if you change Journey to the Center of the Earth into, I don't know, Marvel, whatever, I think that you would not only have an artistic effect on that attraction, but it would limit the entire point of that area of the park. I think that's why they kind of distinguish some things. Mm-hmm. Here, it's very similar. There is a intention that is far more defined than even Epcot Center, right? That that this is the area of like human experience and out there are these again very no intellectual property it's not disney it's so much richer than that mm-hmm. um, 
maybe I, I suppose I'm just bringing with it like the positive feelings of Westcott more than I am making some kind of an engineering point. The way that you've described Ep- Ep- uh, Westcott and the way that we see the concept art is so finely detailed that it's it's hard to even think about how it would exist in the current day because I think it would be butchered by a lack of direction, mm-hmm. um, especially in trying to quote unquote modernize it. Uh-huh. But do you think that this would have the same problem as Epcot Center, where they need to put not only intellectual property, but just any kind of attractions throughout World Showcase? Or do you think they but, maybe have corrected that? They corrected that. I think mm-hmm. that's that's the whole idea of all these like little children's rides, where you have a pocket for mom and dad, and you have a pocket mm-hmm. for the kids. And I think that's a great idea, especially if it's, so it's not feeling like it was shoehorned in later, like all those pl- and you know playgrounds and such. Uh, and I think the interesting thing about the future world thing is that, again, it's taking what, you know, worked and what didn't work and what's hard to change out, which are these big, elaborate dark rides and trying to come up with more of a 90 spin. Uh, I, one thing I didn't mention is a lot of this future world was, you know, remember we were talking about Project Gemini with the uh, very green, lush you know, mm-hmm. vegetative future. This would have been very similar to that. Very lush mm-hmm. and green areas that would have combined uh, with this sort of science museum setting, uh, right. making this, you know, it's, it's essentially one giant Disney science museum. Have you ever been to like, a, you know, an interactive science museum? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's, there's, yeah. So it would be kind of similar to that. Mm. Uh, but you know, of course on a Disney scale and that's always how Epcot felt, but just, you know, in this world's fair type setting. So what's, what's interesting is that uh, you, you have to think about a lot of these attractions probably not existing or being changed out and us having the same exact issues that we had that we're currently having over on the East Coast that we do have on the West Coast as well. No. You know, right now, remember California Adventure, we have Big Hero 6 being shoehorned into Pacific right. Wharf whenever that happens. But uh, never, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> that, hey, we say the same. Remember the same thing about Pixar Pier. It happened. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was back when Lasseter was drunkenly stooping his way through the company <laughs> i am more pixar yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> get the, I, the nice uh, yellow the yellow cream ice cream uh, <sighs> i don't want to say it it's a, it's a children's <laughs> podcast uh so the thing is is that i i have to imagine it would be kind of the same for westcott i yeah. don't know looking at the four corners of the world you know you could imagine timekeeper being removed for a clone of ratatouille maybe uh i mean yeah absolutely i don't know how there's maybe there's trace i don't know Mm -hmm. but like it's sort of those ideas like trying to jam in anything you can i like the hotel concept the problem with the hotel concept is that uh i don't i don't know if it would have fully made it in it would probably be all dvc now and probably pushed back for in favor of more attractions I hate Disney. I hate Disney so much. No, I. This is like all right. Yeah, this is the big like. <laughs> this is like the big season finale of the Unbuilt Podcast where Ryan Dorman collapses. I I I hate them. I hate that when we talk about these theme parks. You know, we don't have to do this anywhere else. <laughs> we don't have to do this with like if you and I were talking, we were strictly like a Tokyo Disney Sea theme park. 
podcast. Well, okay, the thing is, Tokyo Disney Sea is full of IP. It's full of IP, but I think that they're yes, it's full of IP, right? I suppose that's not really that's all they're building. No, it is all they're building right now. But I, I, it does seem like they're number one. They're a bit more. Hmm. I don't. I don't want to use the word respectful about it, but the way that things break off of like the main front center area, the Mediterranean Harbor and the mysterious Island. And then of yeah. course you have, right. You have Port discovery, which I think has the, um, the Nemo attraction now. Right. And then, yeah. uh, uh, the Arabian coast or mermaid lagoon. This it's full of IP, mm-hmm. but you know, the one thing that we have to do when we sit here and the one thing I, I barely want to do is I want to, I don't, I, I really hate taking these ideas from the 1990s. I, hate is like a, a very strong word. I guess I love to do it because it's what yeah. we do here and it's incredibly fascinating. But the most disappointing part is when we come to the end of these long stories, these 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 tales you're weaving of history and imagineering, and we have to now contemporary uh, analyze it through contemporary lenses and discuss mm-hmm. it through the ways that modern shitty MBA designers, yeah, you know, with like like Demaro and Chapek, who have earned, who have no talent, right, <laughs> are completely perspectiveless and talentless. At least one is handsome. Husks. Both of them like empty husks of humans <laughs> who leave nothing behind and step on the works of others. And we have to come and say, oh, yeah, well, these things probably wouldn't stay because they're bad. No, because they're not working. No, because people don't like them. No, but because they don't match like the you current. Know, current push of the company. Yeah, so they don't look- match the current idea of where exactly. the company is going. Yeah, exactly. So when we talk about Westcott here. It's hard to say, like, well, what if it was built? What if we ask, like, what if it was built in its purest form, right? And remove the companies from it. I, I think Westcott would still be around pretty damn similar to how it started. Of okay. course, I think you would lose Cranium Command and Horizons just, you know, naturally as we mm-hmm. did in Epcot. They fall out of vogue. But I, I don't think you would see a significant change to the identity of the park. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's so it's designed with the best parts of Epcot and without the worst part. Okay. You know, because you, you, the majority of the park is the drinking park. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the whole center area, the, the, literally the perimeter is where you go drink and get food. Um, mm-hmm. And then the inside has a couple of, you know, human or future attractions. Or if we look at the, the, the other proposal where they remove space station earth, it, it's just the same thing, but move to the back. Yeah. You know, if you, if they had done that, I, I don't think you would see mass criticism. I think you would, we would be basically we're proposing what if DCA started with something as relatively pleasing as DCA 2000 and what, 10, 12, when Iger 12, did it? 12, 12, yeah. Yeah. And if you ask what would happen pragmatically, I think you can say that what would happen is the same thing that happened to DCA 2020, you know, 2018. Mm-hmm. It, it would just become. It's it's a mess. It's a a mess of intentions that are completely outside the sphere of what audiences want and what the designers mm-hmm. want and what the engineers yeah. want. I know you've let me ramble here, and I'm surprised you haven't hit the Ducktales button yet. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like Westcott is famously that idea that was there. It was present, and it never came to fruition, and it mm-hmm. probably never will because we are no longer in that era. Mm-hmm. We, I don't think we ever will be, I think, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same reason why Defunct Land has become so successful, not only in like our community, but in general communities by talking about Michael Eisner. is because I think people you know, really long for a different era, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it's, it's long gone. So yeah. what if it was built? I don't know. It would be crap. And um, yeah. 
Well, what's funny is what's funny is like we're talking about Eisner, but he really was the one who doomed this project. I guess like Eisner, the idea, right? Because there yeah. is like two Eisners, you know, right? People There's see two, the two faces of Eisner. Yes, exactly. And maybe maybe I'm saying Eisner Wells, Eisner Wells, Katzenberg, and every other person who was around <laughs> in the first half of Eisner. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I I'd like to know what what I know. This is the podcast thing, but I'd like to know what you think. Um. You know, does it does this? Am I uh, over saying it and saying that this was like the perfect proposal? Are there things here that you think might have been a complete accident or a mistake besides the religion one? Besides the religion, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Things that I would think was a mistake. Again, um, I, pref- I I a little prefer the ninety three revision. I mm. don't like the idea of space station Earth. I think it's kind of gaudy, to be honest. It is. It, I think that spaceship Earth is so wonderfully simplistic, but like making this golden sphere with this giant metal transparent latest work out exterior is just too gaudy to me. I don't like it. I don't like the idea of it. I'm not sure if you think the same. Um, I l- really like it. Okay, because it's gaudy. Um, yeah. So I don't disagree with you. Like it's generally, I think. You're right. It is very showy. Um, I think that's where Epcot succeeds is when it is like there's there's the it, it synthesizes that belief. You know, it's trying to push that like humans or culture is this big, amazing thing. I think what better way to do it than being like the most bam hit you right in the face, you know, intentionally mm-hmm. expressive design. I do think, though, to be honest with you, the second version is even more gaudy. <laughs> <laughs> that, really? like, actually like i think good, it's kind of cool it looks like the concept art for um no i mean in a good way too though right so i guess i guess i'm defining gaudy as good but it reminds <laughs> me of the uh concept art like the early concept art for star wars um i don't remember who drew it do you remember who did the early concept art for star wars star like, wars did, like star wars oh, ralph mccrory yeah ralph mccrory yeah it reminds me yeah, of that kind of like sleek smooth 70s future and I, I i i quite like it too i think the way that they do future world in this design is incredible both designs um but even even the second one that you like i really like it doesn't it remind you a bit more of tomorrowland though mm-hmm. yeah kind well, of. I, i'm asking a you, little. you know yeah yeah maybe that's not a bad thing mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I like it i don't know it's, it's, it's just, yeah. it just looks cool to me no, it is really cool. I I'm on your side. I'm not. No, I'm not against you here. I agree with you. Mm. But you're right. I think it's just really pretty. <laughs> uh, and I like the idea that it would be all under one building instead of some confusing underground underneath the, the lagoon thing. I don't know. Uh-huh. I just can't wrap my head around it. This is like at least easier to wrap my head around. What do you think would be inside? Like, do you think that building would be similar to the way Wonders of Life was structured, where it's a lot I, of spokes and things like that? The or? idea would have been that there would be exactly like a, yeah. just three little spokes, so you can go you can go to like the left for Wonders of Living, to the middle for Wonders of Nature, and to the right for Wonders of Science. Hmm. I think that's just awesome. I mean, yeah. I really do think this is like the coolest. Everything, a lot of things here are just really, really neat. Um, you know, if those hotels eventually allowed people to, I don't know how they do it, but explore like a little bit later, if they mm-hmm. were staying at the hotels or something, I think that'd yeah. be really neat too, to have access to part of the park. I don't think that's how Disney Sea handles it. 
Yeah. Um, I think that closes like normal, but I do think it'd be a, a cool idea. If I had to be honest, I think that eventually what it would have wound up being is mm. that everything, I think everything would kind of be like a bit pared down to where, okay, you have Wonders of Living, but it has, maybe it has Cranium Command and it has Journey into Imagination, but that's it. And then Wonders of Nature, again, maybe it's just the nature maybe they'll eliminate the aquarium because it's too hard to maintain uh wonders of science it's just cosmic journeys and a post show area and in the four corners of the world they just pare it down to just one big attraction and then maybe the small kitty rides but that's it like i think it would have been yeah uh it would have definitely been sized down to where it's just like well that's the big attraction and then there's because there were a lot of this was like we have this and we have this and we have this and we have this and I, I don't see that exactly happening mm-hmm. again I, I could never find official confirmation that horizons would have been a part of it some people say that some people don't I, I it's again there's a lot of conflicting reports when it right. comes to Westcott yeah and it's the important thing you know we were talking to I guess when we were talking to Alicia um, mm-hmm. one of the big takeaways with a lot of this concept art is that they're gonna pitch much more than they can probably get done you know they're going to pitch everything and the higher-ups are going to look at it and say well this works and this works and this doesn't work and can you do this so i think you're right it would definitely be pared down a bit especially for the space i mean if you've ever been to disneyland or dca you kind of have a feeling that this would be a stretch Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean i know disney dca is smaller i think than the surface area they wanted for this Mm-hmm. But I do yeah. think that, yeah, it just wasn't reasonable to do all mm-hmm. of that. So just just to let you know, this is what Tony Baxter said about the uh, about the icon. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the spire. So the icon, which we still don't have a name yet, has changed a dozen times. We had the 300-foot golden bull, and then we looked at it, it looked like from Main Street, and it looked terrible. So it's evolving. Yeah. We want something that symbolizes hope and is attractive as it lures you towards it. That's the gateway there with all the mists and fountains for all the attractions. So everyone goes in one way. It's all theatrically lit. So you don't go outside, except maybe for a future in the nature biomes. It's an environment that we wanted to make almost like Palm Sawyer island but along the trails instead of slides and tree houses you'll find tr- adventures that tell you about certain parts of nature's ecosystem and so that that's kind of the idea of future world in in it it's going to be like let very theatrically mm-hmm. make making it sage set rather than reality out in the sunshine let's make it be more dreamlike and futuristic than you know, if you're stuck dealing with stucco that gets chipped a lot and starts staining looking old that's why we could change it a lot so it because it's all set up much like a studio soundstage as a new element comes in we change it out and that i think is very important which we were talking about how easy it is to pull things in and out compared to the old version Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely that makes a lot of sense because you would just mm-hmm. be able to go to the back and start working from behind instead of having to I, you seemingly drain <laughs> drain the lagoon like, yeah i don't know what you would do mm-hmm. um yeah this episode's making me more fury more angry than i think i've ever been <laughs> uh, I, I i've been thinking a lot lately about like the ways that corporations and stuff trample out anybody who's creative especially as like an audience member you know, I want to see new things and mm-hmm. it's tough because you think to yourself that the people running Disney, I think Bob Iger probably kept up the charade for a very long time when I was young. Yeah. That like the people who are running Disney are like there to create the new stories. But the mm-hmm. more like you go into it and the more you think about it, it's really the opposite. The people who are there at Disney are there to make money off the old stories. 
Yes. And in doing so, they they kind of stomp on anybody who could be making the new original ones. And I think that going and looking at these old unbuilt attractions, specifically this one, specifically listening in the way that you've presented all of the Tony Baxter quotes, is hearing real kind of genuine uh, perspective, I guess, or, or, or mm-hmm. inspiration, or just a very creative group of people who are coming to put this together. And uh, And I don't know, just kind of being stomped out because it wasn't of course, it was expensive, and of course, Anaheim had a problem with it. But you mm-hmm. know, the reason why it'll never happen is because uh, I don't know. It's not tested enough. It's not tried <laughs> and true enough. Right, <laughs> and it's not. It's not plain Jane, and you can't. It's funny because California Adventure did have some cloned attractions, but uh, I think that the appeal of California Adventure was it was taking a lot of elements from Disney's America mm-hmm. and Westcott and combining them whole. Uh, into the cheapest distillation. I mean, Ugh. again, it was cheapest, right? California, yeah, California Adventure was less than a third of the cost of Westcott. So that that was really the most appealing thing to Eisner himself. But I, again, I, I find the most fascinating thing about a West Coast version of Epcot is that this is being built in the mind of what was wrong and with epcot in the first place and what made it so difficult to update and stuff like that and they're really like solving those problems in real time Hmm. uh and of course the appeal and such like that so maybe maybe it would have opened up with ips i don't know Uh, again uh, you know a lot could have changed between 1991 and again it did change from you know even 1993 to the original proposed opening date in 1998 that's when westcott was going to open and you know, maybe there would have been IPs, and I don't think IPs is the worst thing in the world as long as it tells a, a succinct story that kind of envelopes its own theme and, you know, still educates as well as entertain. So I, I don't mind it, but I still think that when we're discussing when we're discussing this idea, it's it's so it's so easy to look starry eyed towards it. But at the same time, we have to kind of realize the reality that we live in in 2022, where we get to Westcott and we're, we're dealing with Genie Plus and uh, we're trying to spend, you know, $22 to <laughs> to uh, get a uh, boarding pass for uh, Journey into Imagination or Cosmic Journeys or what have you. Yeah. Uh, while people are just drinking around the world on the West Coast, mm-hmm. but uh, locals are mad because they can't easily drink around the world anytime they want after work because now they have to have a reservation to do so. And <laughs> now, <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I will say, I'll throw my hat in the ring. I'll say uh, my opinions have evolved. Weirdly, my opinions evolving are, are all like public online or they used to be, I guess the old show, but mm-hmm. uh, I think IPs are like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they are. But I also think that IPs are not only things that are from movies. I think that they're yes. also things that have been around for more than five years and people Correct. can't like let go of. So okay. I think this, yeah. I have ex- that honestly. Yeah. Like to be honest with you, if you, I, I see no difference in somebody walking into current day, let's say Westcott mm-hmm. and wishing they had the dream finder and wishing they had Phineas and Ferb. I don't, I don't see a difference because it's Phineas the same level. Hmm. What's well, the same level of stagnant. Like whether okay. or not it's better or not, it's the same level of going of going nowhere, and that's perhaps one of the few things that I really dislike about the prop proposal. And I guess we talked about it before is the cranium command, <laughs> cranium <laughs> command, and making a view and figment. It's I mean you need to clone attractions for money sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But you know for the things that you can kind of praise for Westcott, 
in this concept art is how different everything looks. True, true. Specifically, I like I like the idea. Art. I like the idea of the world showcase being just a hodgepodge of landmarks. Exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and it's so it's it's fresh in a different way, but it it's mm-hmm. going to give you the same experience. Like people. One thing that's just true is that when you have a Disneyland on the West Coast and a Disney World on the East Coast, people do want some kind of a synthesis. If they hear the person on the East Coast gets to go on Pirates of the Caribbean, well, flip that. If they hear the West Coast has pirates, the East Coast wants pirates. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, if, they, if they hear people are drinking around the world on the East Coast, well, then maybe the West Coast needs festivals. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, it's, it's a very it's and true. that did happen by the way disney's california yeah. adventure did host food and wine festivals right that, yeah that's what i was then that's kind of what i meant is like the they have christmas there and they have halloween there and they have the the food and wine there and it's mm-hmm. smaller but it's when people hear about the east coast west coast thing they want something similar so when it when you look at this park everything is really different like you said world showcase isn't a bunch of individual pavilions but this really mm-hmm. tightly packed more world's fair right than anything yeah. uh, it's really like a very closely knit festival of of areas but you can still do the same things mm-hmm. as in epcot center um it's the future attractions but they're all closer together and they're in this one big center location uh, mm-hmm. it it really is like a new way of handling the distribution of the park True. But, you know, without like new attractions and future world, I wonder how fresh and new it really is the more I think about it. No, you're right on how Westcott, Westcott would have been, I guess, like a, a better variation on everything. But mm. at the same time, I, I kind of like just wondered, I don't know, like if if we had this whole thing like in 2022 would d23 be would they be like talking about revamping westcott i got they they would i'm sure they would because mm-hmm. they they're vultures yeah they're vultures they, no 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 they're gonna come out and they're gonna do the blue sky blue sky oh, christ have mighty what if now hold on everyone what mm-hmm. if there was a disney villains park and Epcot and the whole and a bunch of the people in Mickey ears start going, Whoa, they start clapping and they go crazy. He's like, Man, what if now everybody knows this? Hocus Pocus comes to Future World. Now and what? Goes, yeah. And they say, hey, What guys. about DuckTales? And the room is silent. Don't oh. do it. I, I beat you to it, didn't I? I knew it. I knew you were I knew I'm get <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, we're gonna play something and let's see if you recognize it. Let's see if you recognize this. And thirty-three percent of people say, I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, God. Um, were, oh, come on, they would woo. They would woo. They would, they would woo who? Actually, woo. yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> there's uh, a uh, well, the, the, I think that. Well, look. I, I, now we're, we're Westcott is the thing that gets me to talk over you uh, every thirty seconds. Um, there's that. There's a big Roger Ebert quote that's like really evil and mean, but I really like it. And Go it's ahead. Generally about how I won't read the whole thing because it's really mean, and I probably won't read any of it. But you can go digging for it if you want. He just says that everyone who likes big fandom things are super obnoxious, uh, mm-hmm. their social skills. But I do think that the current era of of making things. It's become such there's so many super fans with the internet. It's like accelerated that. That mm-hmm. yeah, Westcott couldn't live. I don't think it could make it. Because the weird thing is, and maybe I've become like an enlightened centrist. <laughs> horrible thing to say. Oh, oh no. When I was younger, I had this when when Dreamfinder was like fresh and new to me, because I'd never been on it and I'd heard of it. I thought that was the thing to bring back. And you look at these people who are hyper fixated 
on these properties as being unable to change and change their mind. Um, but those people are just as bad as I think you are. And by you, I mean me in this case, when you refuse to let go and do something new. So I, I, I don't think it's funny that the argument nowadays on the internet is, are we going to bring Epcot back to its glory days or are we going to ruin it with properties? Mm -hmm. um, when in reality, what should be happening is you should be updating with brand new, fresh ideas. Ideas. Yeah. I think you're right. The only two futures of, westcott that there probably were the same two features of epcot where people beg for the old days when the timekeeper was back in world showcase um or the four corners or disney's announcing that they're gonna put a um raya and the last dragon thing Although oh yeah that's right that's that's exactly <laughs> what that dragon coaster would be absolutely it would be uh sifu i cannot remember it's been like a year and a half since i've seen right it, it would be aquafina until she got aquafina, canceled yeah. and then it wouldn't yes. be aquafina anymore mm -hmm. right uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you're, you know you're right you're, you're absolutely right on that and that's kind of the unfortunate paradox that we have to deal with when it comes to Westcon, and i think that nicely dovetails us into our last question i thought you um, said ducktails i swear i thought you said ducktails there wow you it's it's subliminal it's like the it's raven subliminal. It's, like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's haunting you. my mind it's, it's haunting you it's like I, did you play the ducktails theme song what are you talking about i didn't even play it this time oh no <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so do we wish that westcott had been built or do we stick with dca and all of its wonderful lore <sighs> I'm waiting. I know, I know, I know, I know, and I, I know a speedy podcast is there should be like no moments of silence. But I, I'm thinking for a moment. Um, mm -hmm. Should I go one first? hand? Should I go first? Yeah, well, go. You go ahead. You answer. Okay. Yes, I absolutely do think Westcott should have been built. Uh, I think no matter what. Yes, I. There's there's a lot of California Adventure I love. I do love California Adventure, but if we existed in the Westcott universe, I wouldn't know that California Adventure would exist it, and we would have. Epcot on the West Coast. And I think to have loved is better to, to not have loved been loved at all. And I see that even as <laughs> a poetic far as the as far as that saying out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that applies for a lot of Westcott, even if it has it's being bastardized as we speak. Uh, I would love to have had this exist. I think it's very cool. I think a lot of it wouldn't have been changed. And uh, I welcome our Westcott overlords gladly. I would be there so much more. Uh, I haven't been back to Disneyland in like two and a half years. And I think I would have definitely been back if Westcott existed. Uh, how about you? Well, on one hand, on one hand, I actually, um, it was very... Um... I, I very much like what you said about DCA uh, mm -hmm. very poignant that a lot of the feelings I have positively about DCA are probably either nostalgia or nostalgia for a different era of Disney that I might not have experienced, but like you can see the little hallmarks, mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot of things I like about DCA 
However, if it didn't exist, you know, if you asked me if we did an unbuilt DCA, I think I would give you a resounding no. Right. <laughs> so, um, well, we kind of did an unbuilt DCA, and we there's also a possible unbuilt DCA series uh, hmm. coming later on in this podcast life. We've got we've got a lot on the docket. Mm-hmm. Um, but right, like if DCA in its current form is proposed to me, I'd probably say no, hell no. Especially right. if Westcott was there. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, it, it it I you do have to judge in your head: is it worth the heartache? Right? Is it worth what becomes of Westcott? Yeah. Especially if the more interesting parts of the park, the parts that I'm gravitating towards when we talk about it, are I think the first things that would go in the cutting block, just because of how different they are to what Disney does nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it's similar to what we were talking about with previous interpretations or what would have happened with Epcot Center at the beginning, you know, let's say the land pavilion was built as as it was originally planned, it probably wouldn't stay that way just because mm-hmm. it would have been so different to the style. Not only would it have been, let's say it even was built as I guess what I'm saying. I don't even think it would continue because it's such a different idea. It is mm-hmm. so attractive today because it is so different to what was being done or to what is being done today. So mm-hmm. looking at Westcott I suppose, and I, I don't know why it's not stronger, but I, I wish Westcott was built. I wish it was built under better circumstances. That is, mm-hmm. I wish the Disney company would continue to support it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like pragmatically, if you could replace DCA with one of the more intricately themed parks in Disney uh, domestic history, sure. I mean, absolutely. Why not? But okay. it would be a hell of a, a hell of a day hell when a the Rye and the Last Dragon roller coaster opened, yeah. It would be a hell of a day when uh, Josh tomorrow comes on stage and says all of World Showcase at mm. well, the four corners of the world. Marvel Land. Changed. No, not not just not just Marvel Land, but we're adding something that everybody wants. <laughs> and the entire crowd goes. The wild. pigs choke on their slop. <laughs> DuckTales, uh, honestly, DuckTales, I here, I'm gonna say this. If you think about it and you think about like, did you see that Craig McCracken stuff about him posting uh sending 16 originals to Netflix and them turning down all of them? Did you see any of that? Except for Kid Cosmic and Kid Cosmic still like kind of failed in their eyes. Yeah. Kid Cosmic bombed in there, exactly. So, you know, originals are like always going to suffer, even in the face of failed reboots. So I just want you to know, I just want you to know. That the reason why the Owl House is ending is because even though it was less successful than <laughs> DuckTales, it's it's new, right? Now that's it. <laughs> DuckTales is going to be the 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 desire to have DuckTales, and the the you know the belief that DuckTales is popular, is going to keep supporting these business suits, thinking that a defined thing is always more successful. Doesn't matter how many people talk about Owl House, it's always going to die because Disney needs another slot on. For their new Mickey Mouse and their new DuckTales and reruns. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Josh Morrow goes, and who knows Sokovia? And everyone's going to go, yeah! yeah. It's the Age of Ultron ride. <laughs> who wants She-Hulk? <laughs> boo. Everyone starts going, boo. And they said, but it's funny. <laughs> it references itself. It's not bad. It's meta. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get banned. I think I so far that every every part of this episode was either I don't like Epcot purists, I don't like Disney fans. <laughs> Is that, I'm just gonna break this guy's heart as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I think Westcott, you know, Westcott would have probably 
push Disneyland Resort over. I think it would have really made it so people would would come more. Maybe that's what it was. That's why residents didn't want Westcott. You know, DCA was perhaps more attractive because, at least in the short term, um, probably was thought to attract much less people than mm-hmm. uh, than like a new shopping district and stuff like that. True. True. Yeah, when you look at DCA when it's opening. It's like we've got one roller coaster and uh, two, two roller coasters. <laughs> There's two. Remember, Mahal Madness. No, I, I know when DCA. Yeah, I mean, when Mahon, DCA opened. Yes, Mahal Madness is the second coaster. There's is this like coasters. a little rinky dink coaster? You're talking about the Wild Mouse coaster now. It's now Goofy Sky School. That was called Mulhall and Madness. Yeah, it was Mulhall and Madness. It was really, if you want to look up what it looked like, you're going to be like, oh, God. It was, it was a tie into. Yeah, it was presented by Alamo. Uh, the rental car company was just a bunch of road signs. It was really, really cheap. David oh, Lynch agreed bad. to do the straight story if they brought his <laughs> next movie to the parks. And you'll never believe how Mulhall and Drive mm-hmm. becomes a Disney ride. Yeah. Well, there's still, if. <laughs> If I'm okay, yeah, yeah. There's still only two coasters in DCA. Well, you don't count. Uh, you don't count. Um, uh, Radiator Springs Racers. That's not a roller coaster. Well, wait. What do you call Test Track? Test Track. That's not a roller coaster. It's. Oh, people are gonna say it it's is. On a, it's on a slot car. It's on a slot car system, but it's not riding on rails, and it doesn't use gravity. It uses power. All I'm saying is you're gonna make a lot of people mad, even though you're okay. right. You're Even nitpicking right. and biased. Even though I'm right, I'm right. What a roller coaster is. <laughs> All right, you're a coastal elite. Mm. Uh, you're telling us what is and isn't a roller coaster. It's true. It's true. But <laughs> I guess there only are the 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 two little coasters there. Um, yeah. Give it time though, because I hear Ducktales is currently on the upswing. Ducktales. Yeah, they're. Uh, <laughs> I hear it. I hear it in my head. <laughs> Let them out. <laughs> Should, Huey, we let, Dewey, should, we just, should we just Launch let it play? Webby. This, yeah. this time? <laughs> just let <laughs> it fully play? Webby. Uh, <laughs> let's see. The Beagle Boys. Glumgold is his name, I think. <laughs> this, is, this is the there's, better like uh, 1987 version, not the uh, 2017 version. I still do like the, the 2017 show, but uh, I think the, the theme was way better, like, you know, in the uh, 80s. This is just, uh, just a better arrangement. Overall. Gizmo Duck, Vampire yeah, Gizmo Duck. Duck. Yeah, that was. Uh, what's what's Gizmo Duck's? Uh, his name is. Um, Wrench it, or it was, something. No, the, <laughs> Gyro Gyro Gearloose is, is Lin Manuel Miranda. G- yeah, no, Gyro Gearloose is. Uh, what's his name? Um, is Jim Rash in the reboot? And uh, wait, did you hear that? Was that Disney <laughs> yeah, that Plus? Was Disney Plus. Because I think it was a Disney uh theme, theme song from uh. It was an upload from Disney Plus. Oh my goodness! <laughs> hear that little snap at the end. That little snap is the price going up to sixteen dollars. <laughs> our uh, our what our membership is Fenton Crackshell is the name of uh, Gizmo Duck's alter ego. That's that's I I'll, I mean I only know what was in the video game. Did you play the new one, the remastered one? I have not. No, Maybe. it's good. It's yeah, really I'm good. Sure it's got good. the sure the the last performance I think of the Alan Young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it does. Okay, we should we should probably <laughs> wrap this up. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for Epcot Month. We so enjoyed 
uh, doing this month uh, for you guys, and we'll be back on our regular schedule uh, later on in November. So in the meantime, please fo- please follow us on social media on Twitter at UnbillPod. You can reach me at Open Mother's Mail and Ryan Dorman at Open the Dorman. Feel free to email us at unveilpod at gmail.com and rate us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Anchor, or wherever you find this podcast. Please write a review and tell us how we're doing. And if you don't like us, then you're a stupid Judy, stupid Judy. See you. <laughs>